0: Hey, this episode of Bass Freaks is brought to you by MXR Bass Innovations. MXR has been a leader in guitar effects for over 45 years. MXR Bass Innovations creates bass effects pedals from the ground up, each one specifically designed for bass players by bass players. Not repurposed guitar pedals, but their overdrive, fuzz, EQ, pre DI, octave, distortion, compressor, or chorus, these tried-and-true stomp boxes are designed by Dunlop's award-winning team of bassists and engineers. Go to jimdunlop.com and check out MXR Bass Innovations for your bass effects. What's up, my friends? Welcome to Dunlop Presents Bass Freaks. The Bass Freaks podcast is a place to gain some insight and inspiration, as well as learn a little something about some absolutely killer bass players. I'm your host, Josh Paul, and today's guest is bassist, songwriter, producer, a whole bunch of other things as well, Tommy Sims. Now, if you're not familiar with Tommy, I'm almost positive that you are familiar with one of the songs he's played on or written. He's worked with everyone from from Bruce Springsteen to Eric Clapton, uh, Kelly Clarkson, uh, many, 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 many more. Thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Hey, I'm honored to be here, brother. I appreciate
0: you having me. So let's uh, let's start from from the beginning. What uh, what did you did the bass? Uh,
1: Stevie Wonder. Okay. You know? Yeah, that was that was the beginning for me. Uh, I bet it was it was some time before I realized he wasn't actually playing a bass. I bet that blew your mind Well, you know, I was always trying to you know, I was learning I was really literally like studying my first study of bass was Stevie's bass lines and so I would play these lines on bass, you
2: know, but not realizing that's a keyboard that's not a bass and Mm -hmm. I
1: had kind of this weird sort of slippery slope, you know sort of around the neck style of playing all the time that you know it was sometimes cool sometimes didn't work you know for for actual <laughs> bass playing got
0: you and hey, you but, think that uh that still um that influence um is still recognizable in in your sound and your playing now oh uh, man I, I mean i sure hope so you know i i
1: i i love the man with all my heart and and uh consider him to be my 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 absolute. Sure-footed foundation in in music.
0: How uh, how old were you when you started playing? I was uh, well. I started on drums
1: okay. around I was around eight years old. But along with you know a clan of other you know cousins and brothers and you know we all started on the same set of drums. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So it started to get a little difficult, you know. To uh, to get some time in, you know, and uh, that kind of pushed me to bass. I think I was always interested in bass anyway, you know. But but,
0: do you remember what your first bass was?
1: Oh yeah, it was uh, it was an old uh, bass that that my cousin who was giving me my initial bass lessons. It was his first bass,
2: which was like an old. Uh, I think it was maybe a Sears
1: manufactured thing, uh, called a Norma. Norma. Uh, yeah. Short scale, mm-hmm. little short scale thing where the string sat, you know, about a solid, you know, five inches off the neck. <laughs> it, was, it was, uh, it was the most ridiculous thing to play, you know, but, but that's what I, that's what I learned on. I learned, cut my teeth on that thing.
0: You, how do what was your first sort of pro gig?
1: First, uh, the first pro gig, I guess, um, I considered, although, you know, we, we played festivals and various competitions and things like that was in college. I uh, joined uh, our, we had a sort of a, a, I guess you could say a fairly renowned um, vocal group from uh, Western Michigan. Where I went to school uh, to study composition, and the the whole the, the whole deal at school was, uh, can you get into Gold Company? You know, Gold Company was like the 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 group that represented our school, but traveled all around the world with with groups like Manhattan Transfer and all these you know great vocal groups. And so uh, that were was you, the whole.
0: Were you playing bass or were you singing? Or I was playing guitar, actually. Oh wow! Okay.
1: Yeah, because I, at that time, as yet, had never experienced or never had any uh,
2: training on upright bass, on acoustic bass. And so, you know, played electric, but I didn't play upright. And so I played guitar. And so I, you know, uh,
1: you know, I asked if I could audition on guitar and and wound up getting in and... and, uh, you know, I, I, that was a really, really great early, early gig for me because it, you know, it really pushed me to 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 be fluid, you know, in in, in my in my playing and to study, you know, lots of different kinds of things, you know.
0: Right.
1: But but probably the first like, you know, uh, legitimate paying gig was a, a contemporary Christian band called Whiteheart. Oh, right, uh, right. That was that was my first. That's what got me to Nashville. That's what you know. That that really was my introduction into you know the the professional music business. You know that time and and uh, for me, I you know I was like I, I was just happy to have a a steady gig and a tour to go on. You know, And absolutely actual- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all those things you just read about. You know.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How old were you then? Were you out of college by then or were you? Yeah,
1: I was just out. I was like,
0: gosh, I was 21, 21. So really you've been, you've been doing this, uh, I mean, your entire life. My whole life, man. My whole life. Yeah. Uh, were you composing and, and, and writing all through that time? And, and when you got, got into the band? I, I was, I, I,
1: you know, I had, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I knew to call it that, but but I, I had always, uh, as we used to say when I was a kid, I'd always made up songs, you know, just right. from, probably from about the time I started playing guitar, because I started uh, with drums first and bass, and then very quickly after bass, I just, I just uh, at that time had this, you know, real sort of just unquenchable sort of hunger to know as much as i could about every instrument and so i went to guitar really quickly and sort of learned how to play those things simultaneously going back and forth and uh pretty quickly after you know getting into guitar chords and stuff like that i started writing songs you know started making up songs you know little tunes which at first just consisted of me just you know like, you know, stealing songs from groups like the Commodores and then making up my own lyrics over the top of it, you know. But, Got it, yeah, but yeah. I, I was, uh, you know, I realized now. There, was,
0: there are some uh, there are some writers that do that and make a nice living man, for that. Turns out, <laughs> turns out that I was the
1: head of the curve. <laughs> turns out I was way ahead on that. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, I, I stuck with it. I wish I would stuck with it, yeah. <laughs>
0: But oh, no, anyway, sorry about that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eventually, I knew I had to make up my own songs, you know, at some point.
0: Right. Uh, and
1: so I, I really got into, you know, the, the art of that and, and started to study what what that kind of, you know, what that meant, you know, when I'd read as much as I could and, you know, trade papers and things of, you know, what the songwriter is about, you know, and that kind of got me to what the producer is about, you know, and I, I really just realized that my real passion my my real sort of obsession was was records I, that that really is what it was I,
2: I was just fascinated with records man how how they sound how they're
1: made you know how they get made you know what 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 each person's role is and in making them you know and so I really started to pay attention to those kinds of things on album covers and you know and, and and really started following producers and writers and musicians more so than any one artist you know I, I, a lot of times I just if it had a certain group of people's name on it I'd just buy it I didn't care who the artist was. I didn't care who was on the front you know right but yeah that was that was the beginning of all that and I, I came into the business with a, with a with a with a you know I like to say you know a, a couple shoe boxes full of songs you know. Um but I learned very quickly um that you know that's one of the highest art forms in, in, in particularly in the Nashville music community is that of a songwriter, you know And so you know I I, I was very shy about those those things in the, in the early days. I I, I I would I would often not let on that I you know, had songs or wrote songs. Or,
0: you were, know, you, were you were uh, you insecure or intimidated, or what? What was
1: probably all those things. You know, uh, a lot a lot of it. You know, I just was kind of like getting in the business. You know, professionally and being yeah. around it all the time. You know, and and you know, started doing sessions quite early on in this town, mm-hmm. and I just started to learn more about, you know, uh, systems, you know, and, and, and hierarchies and, you know, and kind of like, you know, sort of just knowing your place within a, within a system. And mostly I was known or becoming known here as a, as a musician, as a, as a bass player, guitar player, uh, keyboard programmer. And so I didn't feel like it was my place to, Sort of talk about songs and songwriting, and you know, or, or you know, trying to pitch any of my songs to anybody. Because most of the things, gigs that I was doing was as it was as a hired gun. You know, I was I was called in to be the musician, and so I would just kind of stick pretty, pretty specifically to the role. You know, I, I was I was hired to do, um, and it was just through those things that the songwriting kind of just started to spill out. You know, because okay. he'd be on a session or something, and somebody might be stuck on a tune. You know, so yeah. whenever those things would come up, where there was a chance to suggest a a new part or a new section to a song or a bridge, and I did a lot of arranging and stuff okay. on the, on the tracking dates that I would that I would play on. So it just naturally, you know, pushed me kind of into that that role, assuming that role. More people started to see that okay. Oh wait, this can write songs you know he can write you know and uh i i probably somewhere around well i you know i i kind of you know left the band uh after three years in, in the band uh, it was 1989 the year my daughter was born that i left the band and decided to just kind of devote myself to full-time session work and and i ran getting a lot more of that kind of Stuff going at that time, and arranging for people, and doing a lot of keyboard programming and things of that nature. So, you know, it just made sense for me to not be on the road anymore. And
0: now, uh, do you ever oh, tour anymore? or are you?
1: Oh yeah, be- yeah. I, oh, okay. I did. You know, I, I did go on the to tour a couple more times, very very infrequently. But you know, I I I came. I left the band in '89, uh, and pretty much just worked, you know, as a studio musician
2: uh a ranger and started back to getting to doing some writing and
1: stuff um in, in that process and by ninety two i was
0: uh back on the road with 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 uh Bruce Springsteen uh, a little little artist by the name of Bruce Springsteen yeah yeah it was a, <laughs> a, it was a wild you know, that's amazing but, so how did you transition from the contemporary Christian um Band and and music to working with um, mainstream, you know, huge artists like Bruce Springsteen. How did that come? Uh, it was it was through through the session work, the session okay.
1: stuff. Uh, I started to work for producers, you know, in the pop field uh, a, a bit more, and uh, and I found them to interestingly enough to immediately be interested in my songwriting side you know uh, because uh, that that work I started doing was a lot of uh, keyboard programming and and track building and arranging and that seemed to always facilitate having to flush out somebody's half-written song you know Got it. yeah uh, as a result I just started I just started that just became a normal part of, of, of my duties you know yeah. working for the producers was you know hey we've got this piece and we've got this piece uh we know we we know we can make a great record out of this we we know that the artist would be great on this but we need you to flush it out soup to nuts you know yeah and so and so as a result of that i i you know kind of back-ended my way into writing uh and co-writing um Uh, with a lot of different artists and and different people and then and then started writing with other songwriters and you know uh but yeah that was the that was the beginning of of the foray into the you know outside the ccm world uh was was vis-a-vis doing getting hired by by these pop producers to to do programming and arranging and and, and sessions you know very cool And, and 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 you know here it was here in LA really that my career in that regard really took uh took flight. you know, because I was coming out here uh at that time probably three to six months out of the year to work. Wow, and, and um, you know, would make the rounds, you know, and and, and uh, uh, that's where I that's where I connected with the Springsteen camp, uh, was on one of those trips. Uh, where I'd been out here for a few months uh, making a couple of records with this uh, producer who was producing at the time a string of Australian bands, you know, from from the Divinals to, you know, the uh, uh, the Crowded House, get the Finn Brothers, and uh, you know, we did a boom crash opera. We did this kid, this amazing kid named who went by Diesel, Johnny Diesel. Um, and all these records were, were uh, you know, Going number one in Australia and not even being released here, in some wow. case. Um, and so you know, we just kind of went on this run for about a year and a half, and it was it was during that time that I was uh, uh, contacted by Springsteen's people and and uh, some who had somehow gotten gotten you know gotten my name. From, well, I know how he got my name, but I don't know if you want to hear that whole
0: story. Yeah, of course, I do. Yeah.
1: Well, I found out later, it turns out that, you know, he had made uh, his first set of records, you know, without the E Street Band, and uh, in which he had gone to L.A. and, 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 and hired session guys uh, to play on the album. Jeff Picaro being one, uh, Randy Jackson being the bass player of that section. And uh, uh, as I understand it, they offered Randy the tour Uh, but, uh, he was already, you know, knee deep in, in his, uh, uh, career as a, as a music executive. He was working at Sony at the time and, uh, just probably just wasn't in the cars for him to go out on tour. Uh, but for some, some reason unbeknownst to me, uh, I, 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 I was the guy he recommended to Springsteen. Uh, to check out, you know, and Very so cool. they, so they took him up on the thing. They got in cool. touch. With, I happened to be just right around the corner from where they were uh, having some jam sessions, you know, to try out different drummers and different musicians. And so I just uh, one evening, I just walked over with my bass, and that kind of started
0: that whole that whole um, thing. Amazing, amazing. So you're. You're obviously a well-rounded musician from the start. I mean, just listening more to the entirety of a song or, or, or the music. You know, um, you're talking about, you've always been interested in producing and songwriting and just listening to everything. Do you, would you recommend bass players do the same? Yeah, I, I, I recommend,
1: you know, uh, I would recommend that really any musician, you know, would, uh, but I have to say as a bass player, uh, it served me really well to, uh, to dig in to, to, you know, these other, these other roles and, 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 and kind of see how they work together. it certainly shaped my 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 thinking
0: as a bass player, you know. And you think it made you a better bass player, and well, just musician. Well, man, I mean, I
1: think it made me a much better. I put it this way, a much better musician, you know. And it made me a better bass player uh, as a result of that, for sure. Um, I was never and. Have never con- considered myself a virtuoso in 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 the in the way that like say uh, some of, some of my my friends uh, like Victor Wooten, uh, who are to me like you know just something you've never seen before in bass you know. Absolutely. Or of course you know the the legendary Jaco. You know, um, I've never considered myself uh, a bassist. In that regard, I was always just interested, as as I mentioned before, in how the record works. You know how how the instrument functions in 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 the scope of a rhythm track, right. in a song, in an arrangement. You know, does he play two notes here and then one note here? Does he play one note here and two notes there? You know, that was really always the 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 interest for me in in, in playing bass and. Uh, you know I, uh, but I love all the great bass players you know I mean for for for, for what each one brings brings to the game you know and I, I picked up a little something, I think from all of them you know from Stanley Clark I learned i I learned how to improvise, which was something that was not in the cards for me before. I had no plans of improvising on bass guitar, you know yeah. I just wanted to know where the thing needs to sit, you know got it but then i
2: you know had an era where i went down a rabbit hole of of
1: great improvisers like Jocko and 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 you know jaco fascinated me and got me uh, obsessive about tone and 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 you know where to play on the instrument to make it do different things and speak differently you know all these different things that i that i learned from the virtuosos were were influences on me you know Marcus slapping thing. The way he'd always double up a line with a synth bass was always fascinating with me. You know. Uh, learned learned a lot and was influenced by all that and of course Jameson and Paul McCartney, you know, the to me the two sides of sixties bass. Yeah. You know. Uh you know, you know, I, I I went through all those phases, you know, where where I would really dig in and, you know, try to at least kind of absorb you know uh, the, the engine that all these different players ran on you know yeah. what, what's what's the what's the what's the core you know and and it all made me I think uh, you know a, a good a good side you know a, a good a good man to have on your side I think in a, in a band you know I always tried to be that bass player you know
0: just lay it in you know yeah man you know before we before we talk about some of your your um tone tricks and secrets and your favorite uh gear stuff as a bassist, I wanna talk about one song that you I, I believe you co wrote, Change the World. Yes, sir. That I have to say is one of the greatest songs ever written. Wow. I I truly believe that and uh That's amazing. I didn't know that you'd written that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that one, that one,
1: that one was was one of those ones you don't see coming, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, all all the stuff that happened with it. But yeah, that that was one of the early things that I was fooling around with as a teenager long before my professional days in the business, you know. Wow. Uh, And, uh, you know, kind of one of those ones that I came to town and with it in a shoebox and never really thought to really pull it out and play it for anybody until the day I did, um, which was two of my friends who I'd made lots of music with uh, over the over the, you know, previous years and, and they were uh, themselves coming together to form a band um, and, uh, you know, since i done so many things with them before uh they they were kind enough to invite me in uh to play bass on on their recordings and so uh you know they they, they the two of them were you know uh are you know just just great writers you know uh top notch writers top you know a a level writers you know and so you know, I figured they had all the tunes, you know, that, that was a foregone conclusion.
2: But, you know, after we we recorded maybe, I don't know, eight or nine or
1: so, uh, they just kind of out of the blue were like, hey man, we know you got songs. Uh, I think we want to record a couple more. You got anything, you know, we might be interested in, you know, and I just remember pulling out the, the, the acoustic guitar right in that moment and sitting down and playing a version of Change the World that I'd never played before in my life. You know, I, I'd had that song and that piece of music and that melody and everything for years, just sitting around. Uh, and I'd never played it on acoustic guitar before. Wow. Uh, but, but because a lot of their influence in this band was around kind of a Beatlesque, esque acoustic-y, Type of vibe, I just thought, well, let me let me play it for him on acoustic guitar to see if see if it makes sense in that in that mode, and that's that's you know that's how it became an acoustic guitar song, you know. Um, but yeah, that was and, and so I played it for them, uh, as I mentioned, they're they're both two amazing writers, uh, well renowned, well respected, highly decorated, and and so even at that time. Uh, uh, they were well-known writers. And so I, I I just, you know, just, again, that lyric thing, that sort of hesitation I had, you know, I, I opted in that moment to just not sing any of the lyrics I'd ever written for that song, you know, um, except for the chorus part to change the world part. Yeah. Everything else, I just kind of played the music, sang the melody and just kind of, you know, when a lot of times as writers, you know, we'll just, we'll just, you know, gibberish our way through, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to spell out the melody, you know, right. and, and, and the phrasing of something. And so that's kind of what I did. Uh, they took it home and, uh, f- you know, finished up on, you know, the lyrics of the verse, uh, first, first and second verse. And,
0: uh, and that's, you know, that became the, that became the tune. Did you win I mean, a Did you win a Grammy for that one?
1: We did, yeah. We 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 awesome. uh, we all, we all three did. By the way, Gordon Kennedy and Wayne Kirkpatrick are the are the two gentlemen that that uh, wrote that one with me, and 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 uh,
0: we did wind up winning uh, for Song of the Year that year. So uh, great!
1: And uh, congratulations, Eric, Eric and uh, Babyface took took away awards as well for the song. Uh, it, I think it won about five, four or five awards that night.
0: As it, it should, as it should. Star. <laughs> star. Have you? Do you? Are you? How many Grammys do you have?
1: Uh, I think I'm up to about seven or eight
0: now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So from that moment, eight year old little Tommy playing drums, playing you know bass and guitar, and did you ever think that you would be a Grammy winner, multiple Grammy mm-hmm. winner? Nah, you know,
1: it's it's something that anybody's that that's interested in in music, you know, as a kid, you know, that that's that was the one, especially in those days. I mean, that was the one the one time of the year uh, or or maybe one out of only maybe three times a year that you you were going to see like all your some of your favorite people in person, you know, on this on on TV. And so, you know, we always watch the Grammys, you know, every year. Uh, growing up, uh, but yeah, no, I never. You know, it's one of those things where you, you, you know, you, you dream
0: about it, but you know, Man. is it is it one of the chances? You know, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. So for for um, bassists that are listening, and and really anyone listening, how would you recommend that they start writing songs, writing some of their ideas, getting their their music heard and and written?
1: You know how I started? I I literally started from bass lines. Uh, That's how I started making up songs. I would just started like playing these bass lines that I knew and making up lyrics over the top of them. And then eventually I started making up my own bass lines or at least hearing them in my head. And that's when it started to, I think, come together that, oh, that's, that's what happens, you know, you get a little spark or something, or some little idea and, 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 you know, and then you go with it, you run with it, you just you just make up some stuff, you know, that works with it, you know. know. But yeah, yeah, for me, it started with bass lines, awesome. yeah. And then I'd fill in the chords, you know,
2: and, and you know, then I'd have to figure out what the right chord was, you know, is it
1: a minor chord here or a major chord, you know, but that's, you know, and then melodies would, were the next you know, natural component to that. You know, you start hearing some little tone. You know, and, uh, but yeah, that that was a good way for me to start. Um, the The other thing I'd say is, uh, if you want to write full songs, whole songs, uh, lyrics and and music, uh, if you're if you're if you're not a reader, I was always a, an avid reader. If you're not a reader, you know, maybe you might want to start you know, down that path of, of uh, I, I tend to think that everybody's a reader. They just haven't found the book that interests them. And I so, completely agree with you. You know, and so uh, that for me uh, was a real uh, key, I think, component to uh, working as a lyricist was, you know, just just reading, all you know, a lot, you know,
0: and reading stuff, literary stuff you know okay. do you have um uh i know this is probably a hard question but do you have a song that you've written that you're most proud of or have you written it yet yeah. <laughs> you probably know the answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm, i feel like I'm, I'm I'm on my way to it all right you know? yeah like I'm on my way I've, okay. I've got
1: they're like babies man you know I mean you know nowadays you know if I if I finish a song it means that I it means that I cared about it from the very beginning you know or I or it typically won't be something that that I even wind up finishing you know yeah. Uh, so they're all like they're all like children that way. You love them all. They're different though, you know, for different reasons, you know. They they hit you uh different at different times. For me now they've they've started to be landmarks in my life, you know, from memories from where I was, and what my life was at the time that I wrote them, and, you know, those kinds of you know. I
0: get that. All right. Let's talk about some of your your choices when it comes to um, laying down some bass on on some records or or tours.
1: Man, my choice has always been Fender Fours of 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 one ilk or another. You know, uh, either a jazz or a P, typically. Um, although I have played, you know, assorted five strings or, or, over the session years um and live um my my preference i just always feel at home with a four string bass uh, but i but i've uh adopted this practice of, over the years of tuning it uh to to whatever flavor i need to get so if i need to get that real super super low uh note you know i'll, I'll just you know i have some that are set up to where i can just can tune it down to, down to a B, you know, um, or C. Oftentimes, I'll tune down to C. Okay. But yeah, it, it's uh, always been Fenders, pretty much straight ahead. Love the B fifteen amps for recording. Um, but you know, I've I've used cleaner, you know, uh, you know, rounder amps for different occasions more than often. Uh, for whatever reason um, an engineer will tend to just take my direct signal through
2: some sort of pre uh, and and I don't have I used
1: to back in the day I, I think I maybe had a couple pre's at, at my studio that were made for me that I liked using uh, but typically uh, I'm not sort of a fussy person uh, on on those things you know as long as the bass sounds like bass you know yeah and all the transients are there and I, I feel like I can play and I'm not fighting against the sound to play you know right uh, you know a lot of times I, I often my chain you know my working chain was was just my guitar right into a, a neve uh, 1073 um and, uh, sometimes i just do a soft pedal, uh, LA-2A on the end of that. And, uh, and that was a lot of times uh, with a fast release, fastest release. And a lot of times that was, that was my, uh, my setup for, for, for cutting bass. You know, a lot of times when I'm
0: cutting myself, you know, yeah. it's pretty simple. You it know? works. Yeah, yeah. It works. You have a favorite bass line? Something that you just—that's your go-to favorite bass line?
1: Yeah. Oh man, uh, you know I—I—I I, I don't
2: really, man. I—I—I I, I don't. I, there's too many of them
0: now in my head. <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Tommy, what's next for you? Man, more
1: music, hopefully. You know that—that's really. The goal, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, just, you know, back to it, you know, after some years away from it, uh, I'm kind of coming back to it now. And and, and so, you know, we're, we're going to make, uh, we're going to make, uh, you know,
2: move the uh, music in, in a number of different configurations
1: now, just because the medium is so broad now. So, you know, we're doing, a few things for for tv shows and a few things for a couple of films documentary films um stuff like that you know podcast world uh, certainly certainly uh uh looking to get into some of those things um, yeah just just finding uh excuses to make make more music you
0: know there you go that's exciting man i can't wait to hear whatever you got coming out yeah, and uh, we really appreciate you jumping on the Bass Freaks podcast. Any, yes, any final words for for the listeners out there? <coughs> Excuse me. And
1: yeah, keep on thumping, man. Keep on thumping. You know they tried. They tried. They tried to, they tried to silence us for a while. Us, us, us electric bass players. Man, they tried to relegate us. <laughs> Bro, <them. laughs> uh. <laughs> but we came back strong. Yes. We came back yeah. No, I'm sending love out to to all of my fellow low end brothers, man. I mean, I'm I'm it's it's uh it's it's uh it's an honor to to know the unique
0: joy of of being the bottom end guy, you know. Right on. Well thank you so much again for jumping on. I appreciate I appreciate you having. Me. And thank you for listening in to the Bass Freaks podcast. Stay healthy, spread love, spread joy and kindness good vibes, and inspiration. And remember, you got this. Follow your path, whatever it may be, and just play. Until next time, cheers. And a huge thank you to Dunlop for making this show possible. Make sure you check out Bass Freaks wherever you get your podcasts.